Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good evening and welcome to the History of Alchemy podcast. I'm Travis Dow. And I'm Pete Coleman. Tonight we're going to talk about Maria the Jewess or Maria Prophetissima, Maria Prophetissa, Miriam the Prophetess. She had many names and it's it's hard to... Sounds like you have a question for some of these, actually. Um, well... <laughs> it's not easy. She's got a lot of, she's a lot of uh, pseudonyms. Yeah, because the thing is that, that Maria, should we call her... M- Miriam? Maria? I'll just go with Miriam. All right. So Miriam falls into the category of possibly mythological. Uh, It's hard to say. So we know her from Zosimos of Panopolis, who we've done a podcast on, right? So he's the the great Gnostic Christian, maybe Jewish, but certainly kind of Hermetic and Neoplatonic. I mean, you know, he's definitely a mystic. And we only know her from his writings. So he, he quotes her. Even his sources aren't, aren't clear. I mean, they, they say that she may have lived from somewhere between the 1st and 3rd centuries AD, but some people think that it actually might be Miriam because of the sister of Moses instead of, instead of Mary or Maria. So it's, it's hard to say if she was even real or not, but she's attributed with the invention of several kinds of chemical apparatus, apparati, maybe? I don't Let's know. Let's go with that. Um, so she's considered to be the first non-fictious alchemist. Again, it's hard to put your finger on if there was a real person or several real, real people that kind of make up this this legend of her. But Zazamos does quote her at length and, and talk about her quite a bit. And um, he describes several of her experiments and instruments. In his writings, she's well, she's always mentioned as living in the past tense. So, you know, someone who came before him and he's from the fourth century. And she's said to be one of the sages. Okay. Well, you know, very interesting that you know, here's a woman alchemist. So there has to be something said to this. There'd be, I don't see any other reason why someone would make her up in, in, in Zosimus of uh, uh, Panopolis, uh, giving the citation of who she was. I, I think that people, there was something substantial there. People tend to think she was real, just whether it was one person or more than one or or who exactly she was, it's, it's impossible to know. All her writings are lost to us. One such person was George Senselis, um, a Byzantine chronicler of the 8th century. Uh, he presented uh, Miriam as a teacher of uh, Democritus, uh, who she met in Memphis, Egypt, at the time of Pericles. So the, this 10th century uh, Kitab al Firist of Ibn al-Nadim uh, cites her as one of the 52 most famous alchemists, knowing the preparation of the, uh, the uh, caput mortem. The Roman philosopher Marino called her Mary the Prophetess, and the Arabs knew her as the daughter of Plato. So you know, not, no, no small mm-hmm. nicknames for her at this point. The name uh, that in Western alchemical texts uh, was reserved for the white sulfur. So, yeah, the uh, daughter of Plato. Yeah, yeah. so you know, it, so she did have some gravitas, evidently, uh, to be uh, have these nicknames. Well, it's, it's funny because I I didn't make the connection before, really, because I'm doing research on on another alchem uh, like kind of mythical alchemist 
uh, or one that might have fit more than one person's bill. And he was also known as a teacher of Democritus. So it's kind of interesting that, and Democritus was, you know, a real philosopher. So, yeah, it's interesting here that they kind of give him different, uh, or give them different roles in training real philosophers or kind of mix them in with definite events. So it's hard to say. Um, in the Alexander book, the second part, the Azerbaijani uh, Persian poet Nazami, Maria is a uh, Syrian princess in this issue and visits the court of Alexander the Great, the Alexander the Great, and learns from Aristotle in the year uh, you know, between uh, 384 B.C. and, and uh, 322 B.C. Among other things, the art of making gold. Mm-hmm. There's your alchemy connection. And, and this would put her like 400 years before that. So, yeah, the the other alchemist I was looking up was Ostanis, and he was like some Persian, but he shows up as, again, like either someone that trained Alexander the Great, and then in a very different time period was in Xerxes' court as they invaded Greece, and in a different time period, I mean, you know, uh, somewhere else he was like in Syracuse. So you can it, see the mythical sort of, you know, yeah, so connections if, here. If, yeah. I think that like Ostanis and obviously Miriam or Maria was a very common name. So if there was a couple people that were maybe learned or something, they all just kind of meshed them together. Just like Gaber and Pseudo-Gaber can't be told apart at all times. Or Democritus also had a Pseudo-Democritus who would write, it was a different person, but would sign his name Democritus. So they often get mixed Just together. Latching I mean, their names onto something that was yeah. known to be connected maybe to alchemy or to science. H- history back Makes then wasn't, wasn't what it is today, no. I guess. So to get into to some of her supposed writings, uh, again, we don't have any extant copies. I mean, we can't actually see this per se, but, but a lot of the quotes um, that are credited to her are basically hermetic in nature. And one of the, the most kind of notable one is an extract by a Christian or, you know, quoted by a Christian philosopher named the Di- Dialogue of Mary and Eros of the Mag- Magistry of Hermes, in which he kind of describes basically the basis of alchemy, leucosis, which is whitening, and xanthosis, zen- which is yellowing. So some of the steps in, in making making gold, you know, basically. And basically what he's describing, and this is, again, a quote from from Miriam, so one was made by grinding and the other by calcination. So this is basically the first description we have of an acid salt and or you know other acids which we now could identify as acidic acid. There's several recipes for making gold attributed to her and one from a vegetable such as the so one from the root of uh, the mandragora. So there you go all kinds of of stuff attributed to her. Some of the things are a little bit cryptic. I'll I'll give you a a couple examples like the union of opposites, okay? This is supposedly a quote from Miriam, which is, and you, you see this all over the place. So it's actually, if it's, if it's attributed to her, this is saying something about her. And this is, you join the male and the female and you will find what is sought. For instance, like the union of opposites is yin and yang. all over yeah. the place in, in alchemical texts and, and elsewhere, like you mentioned. The other one actually has her name in it. It's the axiom of Maria which is one becomes two, two becomes three, and out of the third comes the one as the fourth. Makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of Carl Jung with his theories of alchemy. I mean, Carl Jung had some interesting theories uh, elsewhere, but he uses as a metaphor 
for the process of wholeness and individuality or again so even Carl Jung at least studied some of the things that were supposedly quotes from Miriam so it's you know it's interesting she's she's kind of come a long way that whether she was real or not, or if we don't have any extant copies, she definitely has a reputation. Well, it's interesting. You know, every podcast you, you, you kind of learn something new. That uh, that the union thought was actually inspired by some some uh, of this from from Miriam. Uh, you know, we're talking about some ancient philosophy. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. So Miriam is said to have uh, discovered hydrochloric acid. If you, if you can kind of believe that, we you know that's actually asking a lot to believe that. But uh, through this, is not really accepted by most science texts. We're going to mention that tonight. Yeah. She has a re- reputation for it, whether it happened or not. So so Maria, Miriam, Mary, we're going to go with one of those three, uh, alongside Agatha Damon, Pseudodemocritus, and Her- Hermes Trismegistus, also had been mentioned by Zosimus of Panopolis in this descriptions pertaining devices such as Trabicos, Kerotakis, and the bath, uh, although her alleged contributions are disputed and not very, very clear. So what exactly is a tripicos? A tripicos is a kind of alembic uh, uh, device. Now you you might see this when you go into a, a chemistry shop or a, you know something from chemistry class. It's just a a, a, a big glass uh, sort of um, uh, distillation apparatus, and you you'll see that that it's got a wider bottom to a to a more narrow top, and you know this is attributed uh, creation to Mary the Jewess, uh, who was said to be the inventor. Mm-hmm. You know, Zosimus credits her with this first description of this instrument. So, so yeah, you know, we might be stretching a little bit, but, you know, in, in uh, her writings, uh, as quoted by Zosimus, she recommends that the copper or bronze used to create the tubes be the same thickness of a frying pan and the joint between these tubes be, and the still head still be sealed with the flour paste to, to be able to keep what was ever inside separate yeah. from the outside. So, yeah, so basically we were describing a glass sphere sort of thing with three things sticking out the top. Yeah, I think we've all seen this in chemistry yeah. class. Absolutely. And so, so she's supposed to be the inventor of this. So it's been around for that long. It's weird. It's like almost like, you know, distilling equipment. But um, And then Kerotakis is a device, and it's, it's basically to collect vapors. And so it's also used in alchemy, and it's part of her, her recipes. And the, the main thing here is that it's airtight. If you want to kind of get an idea of what this is, you can look up a, a it's called a Soxhlet extractor. It's S O X H L E T, which is based on this advice. And basically, what it is is that so all the joints are are sealed, and this is actually where we get the term hermetically sealed from from this specific advice. So again, it's like it's like kind of a bowl at the bottom, and it's got two arms going up. And so as you're heating something, and something you know cooks, then it uh, this the Steam condenses at the top, and then it kind of collects that vapor. So that's that's basically all it is. What they were trying to do was kind of imitate the process going on, at least in their heads, of, of what they thought the process was of the formation of gold in the earth. So like the natural natural forma- formation of gold, which now we know it's not how gold is formed. But that's what they were after. And I mentioned the Soxlet extractor. So this is actually... Um, that was an invention by Franz von Soxlet in 1879, and uh, it's still based off of this Kerotakis, all right? You know, another thing that, that uh, Mary is credited with is something called the water bath, or what's mentioned is the bain-marie. Uh, it's an extensive uh, use of, of a chemical process. Now, what it does is it, it uses heat, but in a gentle uh, gentle way to, to do it uniformly, that there's not one part that's hotter than the other, right? Yeah. Right. So... 
so it it, uh, it heats up at at a at a you know kind of a sort sort of a, a set rate, and you know you might see this a little bit when you're you know, in cooking actually. You know, you don't want certain areas of the pan to heat for, uh, faster than the other, and you certainly don't want anything to be burned on the bottom. So you kind of heat, heat the, uh, the apparatus at a more even, uh, even flow. So this bain-marie is what that is, and this term was introduced uh, by Arnold of Villanova back in the 14th century A.D. Yeah, and that's basically all we have on her because there's not a lot of information to, well, to no, have. It's great but... to mention because we don't have a whole lot of women alchemists that we're focusing on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she is kind of a, in the mists of history. But you know, we're bringing her up to the forefront because I think mainly uh, Zazimosa Panopoulos is, is, is basically giving her, the, her, her creds, man. She's, you know, he wouldn't be saying this about this type of Maria or Mariam of if, if basically uh, she never really existed. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things in researching the Zazimosa podcast was that we 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 went with him because he was maybe the first where we have extant copies of you know something that we can really get our hands on but he was mentioning older people i mean we talked about hermes trismegistus but he's clearly you know has a basis in myth whereas miriam and you know some of some of these like we'll do one on ostanis and again that one will be very short because there's not a whole lot known in fact there's probably like four or five people called that but uh, these are interesting figures, so we definitely wanted to to give them you know their own episode, also. So yeah, there you have it. I think we'll we'll be doing a couple more of these. Well, you know, they'll be thing, shorter. You know, one thing, but, Travis, I think you want with this with this podcast with with this Alchemist podcast is to to, to get a wide swath of, of what it means, uh, what what it means to be in alchemy and what it means to uh, what these people have given to alchemy to to make it what it was and what it is. Uh, and and to see the evolution, and this is yeah. part of that. Well, the evolution part is funny because so the, she's e- either from you know 300 BC, if some of the legends are correct, or at least from 100 AD or 300 AD, and yet we have pretty modern lab equipment, and so in some ways, and she already has you know some of the recipes that they followed in the Middle Ages and even up through you know the early modern period. Uh, were based on some of her kind of axioms and ideas, and and uh, so it's really interesting to see that, that there's a strong basis of alchemy that was there from what we call the beginning, like the fourth century, basically. And some things changed, but a lot of it really stayed the same for you know a good thousand years. I think so. it's a strong. It's probably a strong case to think that this is not just one person we're talking about with several different uh, ty- uh, ways of saying Mary. Uh, Mary, Miriam, and, and that could Maria. be a safe bet. I, I, yeah. I think it's a safe bet that this maybe was a conglomeration of several different uh, ladies um, throughout throughout history at different time periods that were making contributions. Yep. Well, if um, if you guys have any further information on Mir- on Miriam, then by all means send me an email. Uh, if I come across any further reading, we might revisit the topic. Uh, some of these are just. Hard to to get my hands on some some good solid reading that's not um, I don't know how to say it kind of new age weird. Let's just say certified. You know, yeah. in, in some some sense, it has some some foundation and in scholastic learning. Yeah, you know? well, because a lot yeah a lot of this <laughs> stuff has taken on you know they would they would grasp one of these figures and then you know especially in the 19th century kind of occult revival they would grasp one of these figures and turn them into something totally different again. So it's hard to get sources that are not related to that. So, But if I come across some, we might revisit this. And if you have any ideas or more information, by all means, let us know. 
So thanks for listening. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to the History of Alchemy podcast with Travis Dow and Pete Coleman. For more information about this episode, other episodes, and other information about alchemy, alchemists, and related subjects, visit historyofalchemy.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, review, and don't forget to rate us. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, ideas, and corrections to podcast at historyofalchemy.com or get in touch via Facebook on the History of Alchemy podcast page or Twitter at Alchemy Podcast. Tune in to our sister podcast all about the Czech Republic, Bohemican, which is also available on iTunes or on bohemican.com. Until next time on the History of Alchemy podcast, thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.